Welcome to the One Up Project. Money is fuel that, that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself and if you're not happy with your own choices, then you're never going to be happy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. Today is a time for reflection. So I did an episode a year ago that was what I have learnt after one year of investing. Uh, One of my most listened to episodes about investing actually. So definitely go back and listen to that one if you want to hear kind of the, the initial learnings a year post starting to invest. This episode is obviously covering what I've learnt two years after investing, so I'm not going to cover the same themes or things I went over in that first episode. I'm going to just cover like all the new things in addition to that I've learnt since then. I've also got another episode that I would really recommend listening to if you are new to investing or want to start investing. Let me find the number for you. It is episode 113, How to Start Your Investing Journey, A Basic Guide for Beginners. It's a pretty short episode, it's 20 minutes, and in there I literally just went over all the main important things that I think, you know, personal opinion of course, is necessary for a beginner investor to know. Just cut the crap, this is what I think is important based on my own experience, and yeah, will probably help you just to get started. So this is going to be more of a story experience episode so let's jump into it. Quick recap, I started investing in March 2020 as the COVID crash hit, the initial one. Ironically we're actually going through a pretty similar situation now, a downturn in the market which we will get into. My first investment was in Air New Zealand which is a in New Zealand airline <laughs> for those international listeners who might not have heard of Air New Zealand. I started with $10 in that and I invested initially with sharesies. Then I put a big lump sum of cash into Tesla with Hatch and now I invest almost solely in funds like the S&P 500 and the New Zealand top 50, top 10 funds like that, which yes I know is slightly redundant to invest in the 10 if you're investing in the top 50. This is what I'll go into in this um, this episode as well. So the only individual company I have left is Tesla and I invest in it through the Vanguard S&P 500 as well and that's something I didn't consider when starting investing in individual shares and also with funds as well as, as I said before I invest in New Zealand top 50 and top 10 which makes it a little bit more redundant to invest in the top 10 because they're already included in the top 50 and so these are things I didn't really think about when I was investing so when I invested in Tesla, Tesla is in the S&P 500, I'm doubling up my holdings while having to pay probably higher fees to invest in Tesla so you know those are things that you might want to adjust. I did start investing in Tesla first before that fund and I've got a reasonably big big holding from my perspective of what money is definitely not big in the general world's view but yeah so for me I want to keep that in there despite investing in it through the S&P 500 as well so probably just something to think about if you already hold shares in certain individual companies are they going to be in funds that you choose to invest in in the future the point of investing in funds in my mind is being able to buy into 
all of those companies through one investment with less fees, right? So instead of buying Tesla, Apple, Microsoft, you're buying a fund that has those three plus the other top US companies or, or whatever it is. So you're, you're getting easy diversification, which lowers your risk and, as I mentioned, costs you less over time as well because you're paying less fees. In the episode I spoke about at the start, episode 113 I go over diversification and the importance of it because I do think that for a beginner investor probably the most important concept to understand or one of the most important concepts to understand is diversification and why that's actually important because then that uh, gives you an indication of what you should probably be investing in in terms of whether it's individual companies or funds and kind of gives you more context as to why people are always talking about things like the S&P 500 for example. Another thing I've been thinking about recently since starting investing is just the number of platforms that I have money in, really, that I've, I've invested through. So I currently use Shazzy's Hatch and um, Kernel as well. I've just started using Kernel and I do want to move some of my investments over to there. And I think three is just too much, you know. And I started with, I didn't start with three, but I I joined each one for different reasons at the time for example Hatch's fee structure was a lot easier for me to understand when I first initially started investing so it just made sense to me and I was like okay I know how, how much in fees I'm paying and so therefore I have a, I feel like I have a bit more control so that was easier for me to understand but I didn't actually calculate what that might have been costing me over the long term so then I looked into Shazies for example and you know that's how I then started investing in other platforms because they benefited me for a different reason. So some of those reasons wouldn't apply now potentially because they've either changed the type of investment they offer or their fee structure. Um, you know, at the time I wanted to invest in sharesies, they weren't doing US shares. So then that was another reason for Hatch. But then sharesies ended up having a fee structure that would have cost me less. And so that came into it. So there was a lot of things that came into it. End of story, I invest through three platforms and I do want to consolidate that down to one, I think. So I would try, before you start investing, I would probably try to semi-decide not on a platform, but on the investment that you are wanting to make. And this doesn't have to be the exact company or the exact fund, but even just, okay, I'm only investing in funds to maximise my diversification and minimise fees. For example, okay, then we know that Shazzy's Hatch, InvestNow, Kernel, there are so many other ones, Spaceship and um, what's the other Australian one? I can't remember, but there's lots of different ones. They all have funds. Okay, awesome. So maybe now we see that Hatch only has US funds, for example, and we want to invest in New Zealand funds, so that might influence our decision. And now we look at their fee structure. We can see if Hatch has a set fee and Shazzy's works off a percentage model. Is that going to affect you know, how we want to invest. So these sorts of things will indicate your decision. And I think starting with what am I going to invest in? Individual companies or funds? Individual companies in the US, in New Zealand, in Australia, or funds, New Zealand funds, Australian funds, US funds, whatever different types of global funds potentially, you know, you want to try and have an idea of that. And that will indicate what platform might work for you. I also think with all financial companies, something I really like to look out for, and this is the same with uh, KiwiSaver providers or for other countries, your like retirement scheme type providers, look at their 
purpose, their passion, their vision, their mission? Are they committed to helping their customers, you guys, learn, be in control, be empowered? Do they provide good resources? Do they provide good customer support? That to me is really important. One, because I'm super, super, super purpose-focused in the sense that I don't want to give a company my business if they don't actually have my best interests in mind as an investor, especially financial companies. So I think looking at that is really important and, and I think the New Zealand uh, financial platforms, uh, the New Zealand investing platforms, sorry, are all quite good with this, all quite aligned, all very passionate about helping people get into investing and are always willing to help and offer answers and educate, which is awesome. And so I've noticed that with all of them. But I think in general, like a good rule for looking at financial companies is thinking, which one of these guys has my best interest at heart? Do I trust? Uh, look at their resources, try and learn from them, like what style resonates with you? I think that that was important for me. It might not be for you, but just something else to look at as well. At the end of the day, if you are signed up to multiple platforms, it's really not the end of the world. Um, it just depends on your personal preference, of course. But I think if you're someone who is just a beginner, of course, you don't want to confuse yourself with multiple different platforms. And to feel empowered and, and in control with your money, you also want to simplify things. Keep it simple, I think is key. My investment style hasn't changed since I did my one-year update. I still have no interest in investing in individual companies. A lot of that just due to a lack of time and interest, in all honesty. Maybe at one point when I have more interest in something, I will look to put my money into an individual company, like on the share market, a public company. But my main consideration when investing now is, am I doing this consistently? And do I have the optimum diversification and the lowest fees? Habit building is very important. I'll also sheepishly admit that my ethical concerns haven't been a massive focus for some of these investments you know I haven't looked into the holdings for the funds I have invested in beyond the first 50 companies if they have over like 300 companies in them for example so I think that that's also an important thing to think about if that is really important to you you know for me it was mostly about picking a fund that worked for my goals and then layering those extra kind of components afterwards because of course this is all education or knowledge or things that you have to teach yourself about as well. So the S&P 500 for example does have some holdings that invest in fossil fuels and I've avoided that with my KiwiSaver investments up until now but I do like the diversification, the low fees and the solid history behind the S&P 500 so I choose to, to keep it and uh, yeah I guess that's my reasoning behind that and I do invest in a couple other ethical funds that contribute to things I, I care about um, so definitely not fully unconscious but definitely not conscious either and I suppose that's come as a result of I'm not going to call it laziness but just a little bit of not really having the interest to dive deep into other funds that would suit better at this point in time because the way I invest is about to change slightly which I guess you guys will find out why that is in weeks to come in terms of how much I'm investing. When it comes to diversification though or the, f the funds that I am choosing, it's very important to me to be diversified across a range of countries, industries and companies, which I have done with the other funds I invest in as well. I just use the S&P 500 as an example because it's so popular and most people recognise it. Uh, but yes, definitely those three things are a good kind of core theme to stick to if you're thinking about 
what funds you should be investing in starting there and then layering your worldview and ethical concerns on those as you look into the different funds as well. So I guess just to sum up my investments in other asset classes, I don't have a property and I have $100 in crypto. <laughs> big, big dog out here with a big crypto investment. So, and I think it's worth, actually, let's check. I think it's worth like $45 right now or something. It's never gone above the 100. Isn't that crazy? You know, and people always talk about, you can make so much money in crypto and my money's like literally never um, increased in value or not that I've seen anyway no don't worry it's not at 45 it's at 26 dollars like how is that even I mean to be honest I take no um, interest in in crypto to be fair again other things I guess have consumed my time in terms of investing and I've just tried to keep those habits up consistently investing in funds because I do invest for the long term and those fundamental rules are the things that I keep front of mind. I, like everyone else, want to keep it simple, basic. And yes, yeah, so no really other asset classes outside of um, shares and the share market, unless you want to count assets like businesses. I suppose, you know, the One Up project would be involved in that and a couple of other projects that will be coming to light soon as well. Um, but I, I kind of choose not to put those in there just because that is like true volatility. Um, at least the One Up project is. Anyway, that's definitely a fun a fun investment. That's where my fun investments are in the One Up project. Like that's just a big trial and error, a big fun thing. So I have put a lot of money into it for sure and it's repaid me in experience, value, world perspectives and just all-round amazing vibes and incredible people. I've also chopped my investing contribution amount in like half, more than half since moving out of home. That has put a huge dent in my savings. Um, Wouldn't change it for the world though, incredible experience that I've loved but yes I don't save like hardly anything anymore but that is okay. I just still want to make sure that I'm dollar cost averaging. So this is investing a set amount over a consistent period over the long term. So as long as I'm doing that, I feel pretty happy. Forming good habits for me is, is definitely goal number one, if nothing else. So you may have noticed that a lot of people are talking about the market downturn where basically, you know, if you are investing, you'll start, and if you're in KiwiSaver, you'll definitely have noticed this, you'll start noticing the values of your shares decreasing. This is a result of, of many things, but the umbrella of business and investor confidence being a main one and that being on the decline. Obviously, you know, global economic uncertainty with a potential recession on the horizon. Of course, unfortunately, a war happening in Europe and just the continuation of the pandemic as well is all taking a big hit on it. Um, it can seem pretty bleak out there at times, to be honest. And someone asked me the other day, like, what am I doing with my investments? <laughs> what am I doing with my investments in the recent downturn? And I said, nothing. Um, yeah, this is a time where a lot of people might say, you know, buy the dip, which is basically buying when the market is at a low point. But in all honesty, I don't actually have the cash to prioritise investing more right now. So that option just flat out isn't a possibility for me and like I said investing consistently over time is key if I did have not the extra cash but I, if I had room to move my budget around then I would um, just unfortunately right now I, I don't have that room so continuing dollar cost averaging is key don't freak out if people are saying you know buy more now and and you can't 
And on the opposite side of that, don't take all your money out because you see it on the decline. That is when true losses happen. That is when you lock in your losses. Because technically, you haven't actually lost anything until you take your money out of the share market. I love investing. I've always enjoyed it. I choose to invest my money instead of save for a house deposit and saying that this money could be my house deposit but I that goal doesn't excite me so I choose my goal to be to invest consistently over time small amounts watch my portfolio build I love seeing that number increase and that's something that actually does motivate me that I do find interesting and that I guess creates a a goal that allows me to feel motivated and disciplined to contribute regularly. If I had an account, like a bank account, for example, that was just house deposit, honestly, there would be zero dollars in there. But I am also reassured by the fact that the money I'm investing could be used for a house deposit, but I do need to make sure that if that is a goal that I'm keen on, uh, I guess, hitting within five years at a minimum, I probably need to make sure that my investment style aligns with that. So low risk to ensure that when I do go to take it out, if there's a market downturn like there is right now, I'm not going to have lost half of the money that's in there. So that's really important as well is to consider and to align your investment style with your goals. Definitely, you know, look at your goals first and then create kind of your portfolio from there. I have many, many episodes on investing. I would recommend if you're curious to learn more, just search investing one up being one word into Spotify or Apple Podcasts and all of them will come up or just search investing and all of them will come up some other really great resources are of course Girls That Invest It's No Secret who am I forgetting there's Multimillionaire on um, Instagram there's She Chose Freedom there's Let's Get Expansive there's I'm definitely going to forget someone there's lots of people who I follow now lots of financial accounts that talk about investment journeys and I think that personal story is so key when it comes to getting more people to invest because it's just easy to relate to but in saying that you do have to take everyone's experience including mine with a huge grain of salt because that's not to say we're right but I would like to say that I've kind of nailed the at least baseline fundamentals of of investing for beginners um so Yeah, I feel pretty confident in the way that I invest. I'm pretty happy with the way that I've structured, I guess, my long-term savings for now at least. And I look forward to hearing anyone's thoughts and opinions on that or on the way they invest or the way they save or anything like that. So yeah, thanks so much guys for listening. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it there and I'm keen to come back and talk a bit more about other parts of saving or investing. If there is anything you want to hear about, please do just reach out because I'm going to need to be... Um, recording quite a few episodes in bulk soon so definitely reach out and I I can try and do something on my own experience because I think that's when it actually becomes a lot more relevant is when I can share an example of my experience through that thing. Anyway, rambling, have an amazing day or night whenever you're listening to this and I will not see you but I will feel your presence as I know that you guys will be listening to next week's episode. Also, I just hit 200,000 downloads. Thank you so, so, so much for listening and just your support 
is means the world. And I was just taking a little moment to reflect yesterday when I saw the number crack over 200,000 downloads. And it means so much to have you all here listening every week. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will, yeah, like I said, God, this is when it just, this is when podcasts start to get annoying, you know? Because this happens. All right, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there. Disclaimer time. So, The One Up Project is an educational platform providing information that is general in nature and has no intention of being financial advice. There may be opinions or an individual's experience within this resource that should not be considered as recommendations or personal advice. Everyone's financial situation is so different and you must use the information provided within the podcast at your own risk. Please complete your own due diligence before making any financial decisions based on the information within this resource. I'm not a qualified, registered or authorised financial advisor and if you require legal, financial or other expert advice, you should seek assistance from a professional advisor. Thanks guys.